and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, the Utah Jazz, taking on the Pelicans tonight here at Vivint Arena. Tip-off will be at 7. Uh, pre-game begins at 6. And let's talk about the Jazz. Uh, get out of the zone phone, of course, uh, longtime Jazz assistant coach. He's our good friend, Coach Chiesa. What's up, Coach? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. Oh, yes, the red bone. That's how we know Coach Chiesa's in the house. <laughs> What a fun song. Oh, and Jake, you're, Jake, you're fun also. Oh, thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. This was my theme song back when I produced Coach's show. Yes, it was. Yes, and it we're was. lucky guy to have you. <laughs> well, Coach, let's let's talk about what's going on with Jazz right now. Five in a row. Uh, big win over Denver. Um, what's, what's clicking with this team right now? Well, they're playing as a unit, and they're really doing a great job as far as uh, making making threes. The Jazz have moved the ball well throughout the whole season, but in their most recent five-game winning streak, it's how they're getting them. It's it's off-ball movement, and they are really knocking them down. They made the fourth-most threes in the NBA, averaging 16.2 made per game. And I know they got beaten up on the boards against Denver, but in the big picture, the Jazz are first in the NBA in rebounding. So just think about Rudy going to the boards, Derek Favors, Royce O'Neal, and the rest of the gang, they're, they're rebounding by committee, and that's been a huge thing for them. And, Jake, the last thing about the winning streak is that the Jazz are first in the NBA of field goal percentage defense, and that's an unbelievable metric to have. So they're able to get that stick hand up on defense and challenge shots. And that was, that was the uh, most important thing against Denver on Sunday when the Jazz in the second half in that fourth quarter, they deed up seriously on the, on the Nuggets. So, Gordy, that being said, when you watch the team when it shoots 38% or 42% and the ball's just not dropping, is that a function of uh, a lack of ball movement, a lack of preparation for the correct shot, or is it just a matter of some nights the Jazz don't have it? No, what happens, Gordon, is that most times it's the pre-shot values. Just generally speaking, the Jazz are absolutely right on point. When they move the ball and there's player movement and that's hopping on perimeter, inside-outside or outside-inside, usually speaking, you shoot better, and that's the Jazz. So when Donovan has that ball on that high pick and roll and he penetrates, kicks to the corner, and the defense chases with, say, Royce off the three-point line and they swing, swing, swing pass, most times the Jazz make that open jump shot. So it's all predicated on... Pre-shot values, cutting, ball movement, spacing. That's why teams usually shoot well against good defenses. Lesser, lesser teams will shoot erratic because the ball sticks in one person's hand. Coach, I like asking you about Mike Conley because you know him and you know his game so well and have for a long, long time. What has been the difference between his connection with Rudy Gobert on the pick and roll? Why is it so good this year and maybe what wasn't there last year? 
you had more patience. So Mike Conley in that pick and roll makes that dance dribble coming off it, and he freezes the big in the coverage. And then whether the, the big steps out in, as far as trying to hold up Michael and then uh, Rudy rim runs to the basket at seven foot tall. He's a hard guy to take airborne. So it's it's the perfect time. And Mike Conley, he feels much more comfortable. And also by him being a threat to make jump shots over the top has helped Rudy as far as rim rolling. If you're one dimensional, the defense then uh, stays body on body, and the, because the uh, Michael's not making that jump shot. This year he's shooting 45% overall and 42-2 from threes, but many of them are on the pick and roll. How would you evaluate how Donovan Mitchell is playing, Gordy? Because his his shooting percentages aren't all that efficient, and yet the Jazz are on a five-game win streak. What, what, what's going on there? What you're going on there, Gordon, is that he plays a clutch player. And that you saw that against the Nuggets, when they need that basket with, with a minute left in that game, that, uh, that fadeaway jump shot against good defense. And that's, that's what he is. He's a primetime player as far as uh, sometimes he might not shoot straight, but his heart's always in the right place, and he has a, he has a tenacity to make plays. And that's what he does very well. And that's why the Jazz in that five-year winning streak. But I asked this question, uh, Jake and Gordon, the last a day or so from a lot of people around the country. What is the biggest thing the Jazz have done this year? It's Jordan Clarkson. He's played absolutely better. As a matter of fact, Jordan Clarkson is tied with Amazon, Netflix, and Peletron for positive usage and making rainbow jumpers this year. But those three companies, as far as him, as far as what he does for his team, do you realize that uh, Jordan Clarkson is um, first in the NBA in bench scoring? He's the highest scorer in the NBA off the bench. Coach Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Pelicans in town tonight, Coach. Uh, in fact, they're uh, going to do two games while they're here in town. Uh, and Zion Williamson, of course, is a unique player. Uh, he he kind of captures the imagination or certainly did in college. Where are you on him and his potential? Unlimited. Absolutely. This guy's only 20 years young. He's a, he plays like the Metro Group B, Jake and Gordon. He plays like uh, Larry Johnson, formerly of the Hornets, and somewhat Charles Barkley, somewhat like Sean Kemp, and somewhat like Carl Malone. So he has this unbelievable power game with a soft touch. And tonight's game, when all the Jazz fans watch his spin, watch his spin away jump shot on the baseline, makes that quick spin dribble and dunks on someone's noggin. And he's a he's an unbelievable player, Jake. Right now, he's 11th in the NBA as far as a field goal percentage, and he's the 23rd leading uh, scorer. He's only 20 years young, so he's a major talent franchise player for them. Now, for the Jazz point of view, it was interesting. I'm looking forward to it. How did Jazz guard him tonight, Gordon? Did he go with with Royce O'Neal, who will be overwhelmed as far as physically, but he has really good technique, or they go Boyan Bondanovich, who's more physical, but takes away from his offense, or did the Jazz go, for the first time this year, often, they go big on big and play Derek Favors on him, and then Rudy takes a Steven Adams. It's a fascinating point tonight as the Jazz play this game. I like your last option, Gordy. That's the one I like. Okay, and big on big. Yeah. Okay, and it could happen. Because so it's interesting, Jake. All the times you and I talk about on the air, and Gordon, about uh, always matching down small. This is one of the few times where a team might have to match up big. And so I know that a lot of times, uh, quote, bigs are out of favor. But 
these are sometimes, especially in playoff basketball, you know, when, like, uh, say, for example, with the, say, the Lakers, Anthony Davis and the LeBron James, you've got to go big on big with those guys. This could be the same thing also. Remember now, Steven Adams, he's a, he's a, he's a tough guy and that he's going to put, put a body on, a, on Rudy and so is Zion Williamson. And also the backup son is very talented. He's going to be Jackson Hayes. He's very good. Coach Chiesa with us. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Stephen Adams uh, because he and Rudy have had some battles, right? And and Stephen has uh, gotten the best of Rudy a few times. Why why is he a tough matchup for Rudy? Oh, he's so physical. He's that you know. He's like he has that New Zealander swagger, just like Joe has the Australian swagger. He has New Zealander swagger. He's physical. He has good footwork. So for a guy that's that you know that big, he's really nimble. So what he does with Rudy a lot of times is that uh, he keeps his body on Rudy on the rim run on a pick-and-roll offense, and he has enough strength to, uh, to um, not allow Rudy to, go, to elevate and go airborne. And the, the less part about that, he always goes to the boards. So he knows his place on the court. When the sh- his teammates take those long jump shots, he's always in there trying to carve out space. He's really a good interior rebounder. And in Gordon, the last part about Stephen Adams, one of the best guys in the NBA on a foul shot alignment, getting a rebound off a missed three throw. Oh, maybe he might push the guy down, trip the guy, but he's very effective. So, Gordy, I have a question uh, about Boyan Bogdanovich. You brought him up earlier about a potential matchup uh, against Zion. Um, let me say it this way. How many points does Boyan Bogdanovich have to score in order to make him effective f- and to make up for sometimes his struggles at the other end of the floor? Sure. He's got to score between 18 to 20 points a game. Now that was him last year. He's a knockdown shooter. Now the problem right now is that some of it might be just a little bit as far as a lack of rhythm because of the injury last year. I know it happened last year, but when you're a shooter, you have to have uh, almost like perfect things as far as legs, legs, knees, and wrists right now. So, and also the defense knows he's, a, he's an effective uh, specialist that they're not leaving him for the open shot. So he's got to try to get more movement to his game. Like, just don't go to the stationary corner, try to move. So 18 to 20 point score would help the Jazz effectively, but also is that it would help him as far as mentally. So a lot of times um, when you're a shooter, what you want to do is be able to uh, catch the ball and just free flow. And so far this year, just generally speaking, it's been only limited times him doing that. Coach, this Jazz team is a veteran club, obviously, and uh, you know not always is the back of the roster conversation the most interesting one. But Mie Oni is getting a little bit of run for for defense. He was able to come out and play in that Denver game uh, as having some potential. What do you what do you think about his game? Well, his defense is better than his offense, and that's very similar to Royce O'Neal. When Royce got into the league, he's a defensive player. Now he's a timely a three-point shooter. And um, that would be the exact same thing also as far as uh, with Oni, as far as the, the way he plays. He's defensive-minded. Now his defense is solid. His, his offense has to catch up. And the best way for a young player is to work on your ball handling. So the way to get uh, sh- shooting confidence is to have a handle. And so he's a, he's a, he's a wing man. I'll call him a wing. He's really a, a 
two one or a one a one two or two three based on the alignment. So I like his game. I like anybody that uh, is defense ahead of their offense as a young guy. The offense most times does catch up. You mentioned Donovan earlier. How does Donovan Mitchell get to the foul line more? without disrupting the overall effect of the offense. Yes, that fine line as far as being assertive and aggressive and being a, a wild-card scorer, but still what? Execute offense. So what he's got to try to do is that unless the defense guarding him where there's, there's no stance defender, what you want to do is first make an angle dribble to see what's happening on the floor and then be able to be in a, in a strike mode. What's happening, though, the defense is taking him on, and he's, he's taking a lot more middle, uh, mid-range shots because the help defense is rotating early, again, visualize at the dots, and now Donovan's counter-punching that by taking more pull-ups, which is good, instead of trying to force the action all the time to try to create fouls. If you don't get that uh, foul call, then usually you get knocked to the ground, no call, sorry, see you later. The other team's now down the floor in transition. So it's that middle game. When, when you're really an athletic pe- a person, either you shoot over the top on a high pick and roll or get into the middle of the lane and elevate. So that's that, not right now. That's what he's doing right now. Do you see anything wrong structurally or form-wise with his perimeter shot? Well, everyone, someone like all players, they hurry it. In other words, they don't realize they're, over, they're right open. So he's shooting right now 41.9 from the field and 37 uh, from four. But that's been almost like inconsistent, where some games he really shoots well, other games he, he struggles. So most times uh, with, with Donovan-type people that are athletic, they don't realize they're open, and they try to either over-dribble into a shot, or when the shot is deal with their footwork, they wait a split second, and that creates almost um, the defense um, somewhat what we call it a side, a rear view contest, where they side contest his jump shot because he's, re- he's ready by them, and he almost, he almost like slows down, and now it's being challenged now. So it's, it's taking the shot when it's there with proper footwork. Coach, there was a big trade in the NBA since we talked to you last. James Harden's on the move, and I, I think everybody realizes the offensive potential that that team has. But I, I, I was talking to Gordon about this. I can't remember the last NBA champion that couldn't go out there and get stops. Can the Nets play enough defense to make it work at a championship level? No, but they have unbelievable talent. Do you realize that the Brooklyn Nets right now have – at the last 11 scoring titles in the NBA, the Nets have two of the guys, seven out of 11. So James Harden and Kevin Durant have been the NBA scoring leader at the last 11 years seven times. So with that said, and put in, put in the mix right now, Kyrie Irving. So that they're saying philosophically, Jake, that in playoff basketball, that we're going to outscore you. Even though most times with good teams, it's a, a grind-out game because the defense is so fierce. But the Nets are saying that we're going to go a different alternative. We're going to try to outscore you uh, in the conference finals, uh, 127 to 123. Now, will it work out? We're going to find out. So they've got, they've got to try to get the only defensive players they have on their team right now is this guy named Bruce Brown, who's a good defensive player. And, um, and he's the only one right now that can honestly say, and DeAndre Jordan is a big guy in the lane. All the other guys are ultra-talented, but they're trying to score points first. 
Gordy, I know you're an old school guy. What Yikes. did you make of the? What did you make of this? I didn't call you old. I just. Uh, I know old I am school. old. You're being kind. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm old, but I have, a, I have a young heart. Yes, yes, you do. And so I'm curious to know what you thought about the shenanigans that James Harden sort of put out there in order to force the trade. Oh, very much. That was agent driven, of course. That you know, again. The Houston Rockets' point of view is that James Harden was their asset. And like any business, you, you, you want to get maximum of value for your asset. So everybody was on the, their best as far as verbal behavior. Where, hey, we love you, dog. Hey, we love you. We love, we love Houston. We, we love our team, et cetera, et cetera. In the background, they're trying to trade him and also trade his contract. Now, James Harden wanted out. So, that is, so suddenly he has that press conference where he disrespects his teammates and saying that we don't have enough here after the Laker game. And that, that was a tipping point as far as in moving him on. Now, from the, the Rockets' point of view, hey, we, we like Victor Oladipo. He scored 32 last night as far as his first game. His contract is a relatively good. He's a free agent July 1st, so they're saying that they think they can re-sign him. And then they got that so many. Uh, they got the four first-round draft picks and four four other picks they can swap. So they think that they 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 got the best what they did short term and long term. So I like what the Rockets did. Coach, do you think uh, fans are being proven just how valuable they are? We're seeing teams that are really good on the road. The Lakers are seven and zero. The the Jazz are seven and two. The Clippers are five and two. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like uh, home court means as much without the fans. Oh, very much, absolutely, and that hurts the Jazz because the Jazz have a great home court at the Bivens Smart Arena, and also it hurts Portland. It's got a great home court. The answer is yeah. It's so it's um, the games are intense, so that's that's wonderful. But it's not that extra drama as far as, you know, the, the atmosphere of a game. So the home court is right now lesser advantage. And we saw that in the bubble last year, Jake and Gordon, as far as there was no advantage at all. Usually in playoff basketball, it's even absolutely more intense. Let's kick up the right now the noise meter at, at 10 decimal points. But it was not right now. So that's why the, the teams are really uh, winning a lot of road games. You know, Jake and Gordon, I'm, I'm impressed but right now by the Golden State Warriors. I know it's blasphemy saying that. What are you talking about? They were three-time champion in the, in the last, uh, the last uh, most recent years. But the way they played, the Warriors could have caved in literally, physically, mentally, and spiritually five times in the last two years because of major injuries. But right now they are the seventh seed at seven and six. And Stephen Curry has played absolutely great. He's first in the Gordon. It is amazing. He's first in the NBA with the whole world trying to guard him in a game at three point line. He's shooting fifty nine point five from threes this year. Stephen Curry. So Gordy, list us your top five players in the NBA right now. Then, and is Steph one of them? Steph, one of them. Okay, let me. Okay, let me see. So. We have, we have to go one LeBron James, then Luca, then Giannis. Okay. Anthony Davis. All right, here we go now. No, he, here we go. So now, now comes the great debate. There's so many other – and Kevin Durant, pardon me. So the answer is no, but he's in the top – easily top 15. 
Remember, Durant's great. I mean, Durant also, let's not forget, he's getting 30 points a game, and that's how he gets them. Again, everyone's trying to stop you. When, we, when I coached Carmelo for 16 years, I always told Carl, do you realize, Carl, that everybody tries to stop you in a game, both physically and mentally, and your public enemy number one as far as on the scouting report. And so let's fast forward to these guys right now. If you're getting 30 points a game with Stephen Curry shooting 59.5 from three and the defense is really trying to stop you, that's how great you are as a player with your ball skills. Coach, thank you very much for a few minutes. We really appreciate you. Enjoy the game tonight. Great. Stay well, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Coach. That's our friend, uh, Coach uh, Gordy Chase, a longtime jazz assistant uh, with us here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What'd you think of his list, top five players? Um, the only one I'd argue with is Anthony Davis. Uh, now, hey, take Coach's word over mine. He's certainly much more qualified opinion, but um, I, w- I would have Kawhi Leonard in there instead of Anthony Davis. Huh. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it shows you how tough it is to crack the top five. And <laughs> yes. I mean, there, yes. there are some great players. There are. That's what about you? Oh, man. I, it's hard to argue with what Gordy said. I think Kawhi is really good. I, and where would you put Steph? I mean. Luca, I guess, is the other kind of somewhat controversial one he had in there because Luca just hasn't won a ton yet. But He had him second. Yeah. And uh, the Mavs haven't exactly lit anybody up. This, right. His, uh, this his, his resume isn't all that long. The question was right now, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot of people would agree with Coach that Luke is there and just, you know, hasn't won a whole lot yet. Uh, that, that just shows you how much talent there is in the league as far as at the top end and how crowded it is and hence how difficult it is to be in true contention because you've got to have one of those guys in order to do it. Bowler joins us coming up next. Stay tuned. But right now, uh, joining us, of course, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And if you've had uh, some struggles in the bedroom, listen up because the solutions are pretty good right now. What's going on, Andrew? Yes, that's right, guys. Uh, It is pretty good. Acoustic wave therapy has helped guys um, of every age. We've treated guys in their 20s. We've treated uh, men in their 90s. Some have uh, pretty severe health conditions and some are struggling in the bedroom, maybe just from a mild perspective, you know, the occasional failure. Well, uh, the advanced form of acoustic wave therapy that we use uh, is clinically shown to open up blood vessels by as much as 50%. So you get more blood flow into this part of the body when the timing is right in the bedroom. And a lot of guys really just want to get off the pill. It doesn't work. It causes side effects. 42 clinical studies now saying this works. We can regrow blood vessels. It's safe. There's no side effects. A lot of positives if you're looking for an alternative to the pill. I know you guys were excited about those studies because it gives you something you can really point to and give folks confidence. Yeah, absolutely. We were one of the first ones using this a few years back. Uh, There was five, maybe six clinical studies. There's now over 40. Cambridge University a couple years ago came out, tested the exact form we use. At the end of their study, they said all men that they tested experienced an increase in blood flow. That is a great thing. So we know the science is sound. We know this works and can reverse uh, the ED. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Lots free going on for our listeners right now. 
so much for free. If you're struggling and just want to look into the option, call us now. We'll do the assessment with our medical doctor free. You're going to get a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. That's really cool, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. Uh, Also, new patients get free testosterone now to help with the drive and the energy. So this is all free. Give us a call. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty significant value. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Bowler joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.